This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The Halo universe is filled with wonder, mystery, and fascinating discoveries around every corner. With so much to explore, four friends decided it was about time that they boot up the consoles and discuss this universe that has grabbed their attention since childhood. Jumperscape Audio kindly welcomes you to join them in the library. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the library where we're not actually in a library unless you're in a library in which case thank you for holding to the theme really appreciated i haven't been to a library in roughly seven years this week we're going to be talking about the prometheans uh, who now now class who can tell me what a promethean is digitized people yeah Maybe in the later years. Could anyone else tell me what a Promethean is? You see, Prometheus took fire from the gods and gave it to humanity. <laughs> well, uh, I forgot that I that uh, I'm the one. That, Prometheans uh, were like the warrior class, right? Yeah. Kind Yay! Of. Like that's that's a half yes. <laughs> okay so prometheans uh to give just a, a brief history lesson because this has this has a lot more to talk about than just oh boy the prometheans because there's really not a ton about them and for good reason they're just kind of there but they were integral to a lot of things so First of all, the half yes on Prometheans being a warrior class. They were a highest form of what a warrior servant could mutate to. So basically specialized uh I guess you could you could say specialists in their field of just out, outright warfare. Uh they first of all make an appearance in uh, the terminals, they have this fancy armor that they wear that's just super dope. I, I'm a huge fan of it. It looks great. Uh, and Prometheans started out as basically just that, that, you know, forerunners, specifically warrior servants, could mutate up into the class of Prometheans. And, I mean, they're they're big, they're strong, 
and their their abilities in combat are incredible especially given the fact that we know that with the armor that they wore uh they would be capable of specifically like you could have one promethean command a massive fleet of ships like we're talking like millions of ships just one guy could control millions of ships and that's considered like one soldier quote unquote <laughs> okay ender's game yeah basically um and they they were a, a massive force to be reckoned with they were quite literally massive they were actually two times the size of a manipular and manipulars are roughly the size of a human being so um huge they were huge but the the concept of the prometheans were just that you know super soldiers that were built for combat built for protecting the ecumen and the entirety of the mithrilin uh or other way around protecting the mithrilin and the entirety of the ecumen um or i guess as a well no i can't make that joke i was about to make a joke that it would totally expose who we had on for a guest at one point i can't say that so don't worry about <laughs> that just delete that from your mind it's fine uh but in the future, later on, after the whole conflict with humanity and once things started getting a little little bit uh, frisky with Flood, uh, the Didact realized that there's a little bit of a problem with having Prometheans. They're great. They're awesome. Real cool guys. You know, worked with them for a long time. But a little bit of a problem. They are totally susceptible to the Flood because at the end of the day, they are, in fact, organic beings. So something about this has to change, clearly. And it's not going to be me. So I'm going to change them. Um, so he went about the path of using these monstrous creations called composers. There was a lot of them. And all they did was take biological material, specifically that of sentience, and digitize that being and save their, their neural, like, basically sort of an engram of their mind and shape it into a creature that is nothing but warfare that will listen to his every command. Uh, sounds a little dictatory, but that's kind of par for the course for both the Didact and Halo in general. So nothing really new there. So upon this, we have the, the leader units that were formed, the Knights. We have the Sentinels uh, that were... So, like the watchers are technically a form of sentinel uh and Did then i know that yeah and then we have the crawlers and then later on we get the soldiers but uh i was gonna ask is there a sort of reason given for why we don't see the soldiers until halo 5 even though we were fighting prometheans for all of halo 4 not really i mean it, it would cool. be it would be based on what i know about it it would probably be best explained as you're just getting more forces since the entirety of the prometheans were utilized by that point hmm. um so because they were there in the novels of course they were referenced multiple times and actually currently 343 guilty spark is in the body of a uh, soldier so that's pretty neat. It's a blue soldier. He looks pretty dope, actually. I don't know if he's still in there. I haven't read that novel yet, but it does at least start with him being in a soldier. So it's pretty cool. But interesting. Uh, yeah, they were they only made an appearance when Cortana took over. So 
it really is just a thing that happened in Halo 5 and we just didn't see him in Halo 4. That was pretty much the gist of it. Um, Sort of the same vibe of like, oh, why didn't we see drones in Halo Comedy Evolved if they were there at the time and even make an appearance in the novels? That's such a good question. Anyway, they were in Halo 2 and Halo 3, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so with the rest obviously of... There, hmm? Obviously, there are some things that come down to, oh, they just hadn't made them yet but it's interesting to find out if they tried to come up with a lore reason as to why they weren't there yeah i think i think honestly you really could get a pass with just cortana started utilizing the entirety of the promethean forces Mm. just because like didact i mean he only had the one ship with him he had a couple support ships but he he wasn't using the entirety of what was available to him with the prometheans to be honest um that one moron i know I mean, he was kind of blinded, though. I mean, he aimed for Arizona. Like, who goes for Arizona first? No offense, Arizona. <laughs> he was like, if- oh, well, this looks important. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe he wasn't, like... I mean, obviously his goal was probably to just destroy all of Earth. So do you think that's just where he ended up and he just fired? Maybe, but, you know, I would have at least, you know, taken a couple seconds to find the greatest population center it probably would have been somewhere in either the European Union or uh, somewhere in North America. It would have probably been in one of those two places. So, you know, just wipe yeah. them out. Or it probably, if not those two places, uh, India got really populated pretty much like it is today. So, you know. Then there's also Sydney, which is the center for the UNSC. Yeah. So, you know, if you really wanted to take the time, I'm sure he could have, but I'm pretty sure he was just going for all out destruction and it didn't work yeah. out. But, you know, this is kind of the way that it is. And the same thing happened. Not actually. No, not really. He basically pulled it off with the Prometheans. But basically the Prometheans, uh, they not all of them stayed loyal to the Didact after his little situation where. He started getting questioned by the council or he started questioning the council. And since the council was starting to kind of get paid off by the builders, uh, his opinion was less interesting to them. Uh, the Didact's forces started to kind of shift. I, I mentioned before how some of the warrior servants, a lot of them actually, would start to shift towards builder security so they can maintain their status. Um, with that, some Prometheans... A good amount of them, not not the majority, but a good amount of, of the Prometheans stayed loyal to the Didact. So when the Didact brought up this plan of we need to make sure that there's something there that makes it so that I can fight the flood effectively without losing you guys to the flood. They were like, yeah, sure. No, everything, anything for you, dude. No, I'm totally down for that. And he's like, cool. I need you to get in this boim and <laughs> I need you to get boimed. So that I can make you into a digital being that has no personality nor memories. They're like, hmm. Yeah, anything for you, bro. I'm down for that. <laughs> Quick side note. Which came out first? Tron Legacy or Halo 4? Uh, Tron Legacy. Do you think Halo 4 stole that a little bit from Tron Legacy? Do you think Tron Legacy stole from the original Tron way back in the 80s? Hey, that's called a sequel. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's, a, mu- same, that's a much bigger the, question, though, than did Tron Legacy. It's the same 
franchise. Yeah, but like it's a, that's a bunch. I think no, I don't think it stole from Tron Legacy. Did it steal from the ideas of the original Tron? Perhaps, but more mm. importantly, probably just more sci-fi in general because th- that was not a thing that Tron invented by any means. The idea of a digital being. I mean, it, it only recently got perfected, I think, by the stories that are being told in Cyberpunk 2077. Highly recommend that game, to be honest. I don't really care what anybody says about it. It's fine game now. It works really well, and it's a really good story play. <laughs> but uh, bio digital jazz, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Tron did a really good job of telling a story about it. The original Tron, I low key really enjoy the vibe of that almost more than Tron Legacy, only because I love the story and I I love how everything it's so it looks so unique. It's sort of like when you watch the original Star Wars, you're like, not even anything else from Star Wars looks like this and feels like this. That's what the original Tron has for me. Uh, And, and so like Tron Legacy. Great. I'm not going to say that it's a bad film by any means. It's dope. But the original Tron is thought provoking in both its design and its narrative. And that's that's what's really interesting to me about it. Um, it is so the concept of the digital being this capacity to digitize yourself and put yourself into into a digitized uh engram is not by any means something new uh not even tron did it first as far as i'm aware it's because books would have had to have come out before that talking about that and then those ideas would be translated into film that's like basically 90 percent of movies are usually just I read about this. I want to make it cool and visual, um, mm. but the uh, the concept of the digitized transference with Halo is much different. Considering that very specific thing about they do lose their personality, they do lose their sense of self, and they completely change form, and the digitized beings are made real. So it's like it's a very uh, destructive version of that idea of, yeah, yeah, let's digitize somebody. This is like we're going to completely change who you are. And the only thing left of you will be the evidence that you were once something else. (laughs) Was there a reason for getting rid of the personality and everything? Because there were still they would still have been really good warriors. Well, as far as I'm aware, not really, unless it was just pressed for time, because it is it was possible for some for the forerunners to take somebody and digitize them into an engram that had personalities such as with the monitors and everything like that. But sorry, guys, we got a time crunch. The personality DLC is going to come out later. But it should also be noted that the (laughs) monitors often didn't have memories of who they once were. Um. Sometimes they did, but it would it, it was more like it would slowly deteriorate over time that they would and they would just forget what they once were. It would start with forgetting what it was like to have senses and then it would be forgetting uh, like people you knew and then it would become forgetting your name and then you're just that. And that Gil- sounds very similar to the smart AI. Yeah. Um and so Guilty Spark, when he was destroyed, when he was rebuilt by Oni, that was when he had gotten everything renewed and he could remember everything again. And that's what started his whole journey of trying to find the original uh, Isodidact and uh, trying to find his old pals because apparently they were, at least to some degree, there was some evidence of them being around and he wanted to find them. Um 
but that was that was after everything and so forerunner machines losing their sense of personality and sense of self is nothing new so it wouldn't really surprise me at all if didact really was just like i need an army that i can command at any point that has no feelings and will quite literally just fight as hard as they can because there's nothing else that they would rather do um what a terrible so, guy he a little what bit a but, but to the to the same degree it was a voluntary thing he didn't force his prometheans to do it now humans mm. on the other hand <laughs> yeah and there's them so this is what happened there the prometheans were formidable once they were converted into digitized warriors they were they were very powerful and they were doing a pretty good job of fighting the flood however the problem was is that there was a massive amount of flood and only a small like small relatively speaking in terms of forerunner army sizes small force of promethean knights so the knights were powerful. They were strong. They could take on the flood just fine, but they couldn't take on the entirety of the flood across the entirety of the war because there were too many fronts. There were too many places that the flood was attacking and making a presence. So in order to, you know, try to bolster his forces, uh, the didact took a desperate measure and went to Omega Halo, um, which if I remember correctly, Omega was the sixth ring so yeah that's uh was it i honestly can't remember i don't actually remember no way no i think it was one of the ones that got destroyed wasn't it uh hold on i'm just i'm just the circular thing i'm just i'm just checking real quick yeah it's one of the ones that was destroyed <clears throat> so don't even have to worry about it anymore it's not even there but yeah uh, he went there. There was a rather large uh, presence of humans there. There's actually, I'm pretty sure that this ties into one of the novels. But, uh, man, if you read that novel, this one is uh, in Halo Silentium. Uh, it's it's rough. It's a it's a very rough story, especially since. I'm fairly certain, uh, well, no, that would have been Primordium, but Silentium, is, Silentium and Primordium both are rough, just because I, I know for a fact in Primordium, it details what it feels like to be converted from a living being to a digitized being, because you're following 343 Guilty Spark when he was Chalkus. He starts as Chalkus, and he gets taken by Forerunners, and then you get this incredibly visceral and detailed this experience that he has as he's converted by the composer into a monitor and it's that sounds terrifying it's it's written beautifully but man it is wild the greg bear did a fantastic job with that's that portion of the book it it sent chills down my spine when i heard it for the first time on audible and it did the same thing while I was laying in my bed reading it. It was not a good time, but it was great at the same time. Um, definitely have to read those at some point. Oh, dude, they're so good. I was I was telling James this. Uh, just I think I think it might have been either this morning or just yesterday. I was telling him about. Uh, there's this. I have this cousin now, uh, thanks to being married to Cheyenne. Um, and this kid is like ten years old, 
and for his birthday because he was interested in Halo. Like he saw my wallpaper at some point. He's like, what is that? And it's a wallpaper from one of the episodes of Tarkov. And uh, I was like, oh, that's that's uh, Halo. And he's like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> well, let me tell you. Uh, I tell him just a couple I things. I have a whole podcast about it. I, I, all I did was basically just tell him who was on the screen. So I was like, oh, that's an ODST. So that's an orbital drop shop trooper. It's like a special soldier, you know. Uh, and then that there is uh, a character named Abaddon. Uh, he's a precursor AI. Oh, it's a precursor. Oh, well, precursors were the blah, 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 blah. I basically went into a whole library episode for the kid. Um, oh, my goodness. But it was like condensed into like 10 minutes. So it wasn't all that much because I knew I was only going to be able to hold his attention for so long. Uh, but he was interested and he he had been reading a ton of books. And I mean, the kid just loves to read. So for his birthday, I got him the Forerunner trilogy and I was informed about three weeks later that he had read all three of them. And excellent. And he he specifically targeted one thing that I said, which was you're going to need to read it maybe a couple times because it's very difficult to comprehend a lot of the things that they're talking about since it's very philosophical, but also. There's a lot of technical stuff going on, especially with converting a living being into a into a mechanical being. Um, and he specifically replied to that uh, when telling somebody else to tell me this. He's like, I thought it was easy. <laughs> you said he's 10. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, I'm like, OK, either you're lying or you're a genius. <laughs> he's going places. Could be. I'm, I'm going to give him more, though. I'm just, I was just waiting for him to to either give me an indication of what he wants to read next or if I just want to I'll just move up and do the next uh, the next thing on the timeline which would be contact harvest but I, yeah 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 I'm 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 thinking he will probably like contact harvest a good amount uh, just tell him not to read the last <laughs> little bit of well that's that's the thing that's like i'm not sure if i want to wait until he's like 13 maybe for that one and then just get him other books and be like oh here's the prequel by the way to all of those um but he's also one of those kids that's seen a lot of stuff i just don't know if i want to add to that i've seen a lot of stuff you know what i mean yeah so you know it's it's just entertaining to try to figure out that whole debacle the way that i've settled on it is i'm just gonna skip contact harvest and move to the to the next three and then when he's quote unquote ready, I'll just toss him contact harvest so that I know he won't be thrown for a loop by that sudden, oh, Johnson's getting some. <laughs> which <Yeah. laughs> which beneficial to not have an actual detailed love making scene. Very uh -huh. appreciative of that. It it is very speedy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. I don't find it beneficial. I feel robbed. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see Sergeant Johnson's Johnson. I'm going to move on. I'm taking a drink of water. You have a lot of fun here on the library. <laughs> we have fun. <laughs> we have fun here in the studio, you know. Uh, so, anyway... Uh, the, the, not a typical uh, office space. We like to have fun here. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're a family. So, Didag pulls up to the to Omega Halo. He sees a bunch of tribal humans, and he's like, "I still hate you for what you've done, despite the fact you can't even understand what I'm saying anymore, and your language has changed significantly." And humanity looks up at them and goes, "Giant robot." Ah, uh, um. They consider Forerunners gods by this point, so they're just more like, oh, no, we've angered the gods. Uh, and, you know, they I get... told you we shouldn't have planted those crops then. Oh, you're going to blame this on me? 
Uh, so yeah, they get bleamed. Pretty much all of them on Omega Halo got bleamed. Uh, and his forces did significantly grow, and he had enough forces to at least hold off the the flood attacks significantly for a good amount of time. But just like anything, they were capable of dying. So you know, it Quick wasn't hmm? clarification question. So the original Prometheans were. Other or like like the digital Prometheans were digitized from the original Prometheans, the flesh and blood Prometheans. Yes. Yes. So, I know you already said like it changed them into a different form. It got rid of their personality and stuff. So, and you said like they were huge and all that. So they actually changed like the Prometheans, like the knights and stuff like that. That wasn't based off of their original form. No, they look completely different. Uh, I could actually send you a picture of what the original Promethean armor looks like, but it really doesn't look anything like what a knight looks like. So because of that, whenever he digitized the humans, it's basically just getting like information or whatever in order to be able to tra translate in into Prometheans. So that's that, why the humans would look the same. That's pretty much the concept, yeah. is it, okay. It's kind of like how... You know, you're digitizing a being into a monitor. It doesn't matter who you're digitizing into a monitor. It's going to end up as a monitor either way. Yeah. I think just for some reason, my brain was like, oh, yeah, the Prometheans looked similar to what they originally looked like. And then when he got humans, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> they didn't look like knights. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's a lot Ooh. of interesting stuff that happens when it, when it comes to how Prometheans interact with things. Uh, the other thing that could probably be brought up in the future is war sphinxes. They were this sort of like fighting suit. Uh, they were awesome. I think they actually might make an appearance in a Halo mod somewhere, but I don't know which one. I just know that they they were there. They were originally going to be made for Halo 5, but they were cut. Um, they're basically these really, really big uh, flying sort of fighting suit, I guess. Um, like Warframe. Kind of, but not really. But okay, <laughs> I mean, I, who knows? Really, we haven't even seen them, so it's not like I can really answer that. Yeah. But they were at least big. Like we're talking not the size of a Warframe that is just basically a person. Uh, we're talking like multiple meters in the tens yeah. of meters. Um, obviously, we'd have to fit a Promethean. Yeah, and it, it was. I mean, they were pretty dope. They were pretty cool. Uh, they made an appearance primarily in. I mean, they were in all of the the forerunner trilogy books but in halo cryptum didact has children uh he had he had children all of them died in battle but uh <laughs> he he had 12 war sphinxes protecting his cryptum from his first time being locked away and he had those war sphinxes piloted by the partial essences of what was left of his children so all that those sphinxes knew was to protect their father essentially um eventually of course though they would be destroyed so that's rough <laughs> yeah uh that was all master builder's fault it's kind of messed up but master builder was a moron to begin with so um pompous not really a moron he was smart but he was too pompous and everything for his own good um so 
we have humanity that has now gotten converted into digitized beings. Hello, cat. How are you? Um, and the the Prometheans they put up a decent fight, but ultimately they lose because there's just there's too much. It doesn't matter if they're not being if they're not capable of being composed. I mean, not capable of infection. The the flood can still take control of weaponry and use that weaponry. So no matter what, they're kind of at a disadvantage. So instead, what ends up happening is the Prometheans, the majority of them, get stationed on Requiem to uh, basically the librarian put the Prometheans there. She took control of them, uh, which was displayed in one of the terminals. And when she does this, the Prometheans only goal, the reason why the Prometheans were attacking us to begin with is because their only goal is to prevent someone from awakening the didact. Hmm. So that's that's their one target goal. And Master Chief is not very good at being told no. So he, of course, just blasts through them as you do with gotcha. a with a species you've never seen before that you've never fought before. You easily outmatch them in every way. <laughs> 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 and he I mean, it's kind of funny, actually, thinking about it. Prometheans before they were made into knights were technically more effective and by technically, I mean kind of a lot more effective than when they were digitized. But the advantage of not being infected was significant in that specific conflict. So, you know, that was really helpful. But once you're converted into a knight, you're much more squishy in a way. And yeah. uh, you don't have nearly... All you have to do is get behind him and you can assassinate him. Like, it's it's a really <laughs> like critical flaw. Because, like, original Prometheans, they could think faster than a Spartan could, which is pretty wild uh, considering how fast a Spartan can think, especially with the assistance of an AI. Um, and they're stronger. They could quite literally just crush a human being. Um, they were bigger, much taller. Their weapons were stronger. It was much different. They were much different beings, but they could be infected, so they were technically weaker in that specific conflict. So even though it's kind of like, dang, they, were, uh, they got debuffed. It's like, well, yes, in a way, but you know that was what was necessary um so after what happened with that war though that was what happened with them on on requiem the librarian locked them away to protect the didact and to keep him locked um of course the librarian could not have foreseen that uh the domain would be closed and thus would have just locked the didact in with his own anger for a hundred thousand years but you know we all make mistakes <laughs> um <laughs> The good news is at least the domain is being repaired to some degree, so that's pretty cool. I don't know what that By means, what? but I don't know. <laughs> oh. It's it's probably going to be talked about in the new Didact book coming out this year, though, because... Oh, right. The I mean, the fact that he's coming back would basically... You know, it's actually really interesting because it's either going to be that he's coming back or this is just him walking through what remains of the domain which will be interesting because we haven't really seen the domain a whole lot the the closest that we've gotten is haven in halo 4 the multiplayer map ah uh, i only that's in the domain yeah i mean i only know that because uh the librarian pulled master chief into a, a portion of the domain to talk with him <laughs> i mean it's like imagine like because we know that multiplayer in Halo 4 is just the simulations for yeah. 
<laughs> like on the infinity or whatever. But imagine it's actually using the, the domain and the forerunners are sort of just chilling there like betting on who's going to win. They're watching the fight. You're out here at it. Like you, you're making a joke, but you're also technically creating a whole new theory that the, the war game sims are just built on the domain's infrastructure. Careful. <laughs> Clip. Clickbait channels might get ideas. <laughs> New theory or, just uncovered by me. New theory <laughs> by me. Or it could at least be like not not the whole war game sim, but at least like the one on Haven specific. Because yeah, and like like somehow they accidentally tapped into it or something like that. Hey there, Halo fans! Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with our friends right after these messages. Brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You know, I wonder if they actually did confirm if Haven was supposed to be based on the, uh, it's supposed to be based. <laughs> if Haven was supposed to be based. Uh, it is pretty based. I like that map. Okay, so that's interesting. So the reason why I thought that Haven's not technically in the domain, but the reason why I thought that Haven oh. was in the domain was because I am, I am going to say with 90% certainty that they used Haven as the set piece for when the librarian pulls master chief into what i was what i thought was the domain it seemed like that's what how that works because you could just pull beings into the domain if you really want to um yeah doesn't it say like during the loading screen it'll say like this is a research station or whatever like a forerunner research station uh i i think so because it is a it's a facility that powers a miniature artificial star right I think that I think that was getting confused with other stuff, but yeah, that does sound familiar now. Yeah, so great map though, best map in the game probably. I think <laughs> I I really enjoy it. It's a fun one. I I don't know. It's so I I like the ones that are so simple yet so complex. It's, and also the remake in Halo Five was awesome. It's I mean it's a it was very pretty concept of putting something out there that has the ability to be. Um, expanded on by the players yeah. and like you discover different tech and different movement stuff um and it also i think that map shows the skill gap very well in um knowledge of where you're able to move and what you can use in order to get around the map quickly sight lines and stuff like that so yeah yeah i think that's a very good example of a of a very good map mm -hmm. uh while they were in that interaction, though, whether or not it was Haven, uh, we're going to have to talk about that specific conversation that she had with Chief later at some point, just because, honestly, it is an interesting conversation to think back on, um, especially with the context of the novels, because she basically just outright tells him, oh, yeah, everything that you've been doing was totally predestined by what I needed you to do. <laughs> Yeah, and just so you know, life is a lie. <laughs> it's kind of free will doesn't exist. What's funny is that it specifically doesn't exist for 
for beings that have a specific gene song. It's not like she controlled the entirety of humanity's form, but she did put gene songs in specific beings that she knew would need to carry out specific tasks at some point in their life. It's not like every decision they made was guided by this thing, but at some point it would activate and they would need to do this specific thing. So in in the case of that conversation that she had with Chief, it was kind of in the way of how he just knew how to use uh, Forerunner panels and stuff. You just immediately knew. That has been attributed to the whole Gene Song thing, that he just automatically knew how to use it. Um, so... Uh, for example, another one, Halsey, there's a, uh, there's another one that says that Halsey likely has a, uh, a Gios or a gene song that makes her compulsory, like, it makes her compelled to work with AI to mm. improve human AI. She was also like the human forerunner expert, so... Like she understood the most and was able to figure out the most. Yeah. So there's all like we don't know who all had some form of Gios or a gene song, but whoever does, at some point they're going to contribute to whatever it is the the librarian needed to have happen. Which likely everything that Johnson she needed, probably had one. Probably, but everything by <laughs> now the library uh, the librarian's plans have probably already been carried out by this point since the didact. I mean, he's been defeated, so she would have no point in going on beyond that so unless there's more to be discovered that she wanted us to find it's pretty much the end of it um but aside from that that's just going into specifics of you know what events did she need to have happen at what specific point what were the triggers that would cause them to go in that direction um sort of like how she knew that chief would need to make it to her in that one specific moment so that she could advance his evolutionary process yeah by like 10,000 years which if he's been advanced in in evolution by 10,000 years do you think like his nose is different or something or like anything else about him physically <laughs> i mean it seems like not like I, I, maybe it's just I don't know. Did, is there any explanation as to what that was? Well, the explanation was necessary was that it was necessary to make it so he couldn't be composed. He straight up just he he outgrew the capacity for being composed. It's just not possible anymore. So something with his genetic makeup changed. Yes, but also there's been arguments that something physical about him changed in that way too. Because so this is going into. Uh, whether it was forced perspective or whether it was legit. Um, the scene where Palmer, again, I will defend this with my life, Palmer meant what she said to Chief at, in her in their first interaction as something cheeky, like, oh, I'm you are someone who has quite literally done the impossible. I thought you would be taller. Um, it's, it's where he looks like he's about the same height as her. And then later... He's clearly like a foot and a half taller than her. So, Sorry, the, <laughs> the sound from the edits started going through my head. The song. <laughs> so there's there's two different ideas behind this right now. One of them is that it's just forced perspective. 
because the height difference being so severe in that moment, unless it was some fluke by the animation studio, wouldn't have easily gone by. The other concept is, though, that when he was moved forward 10,000 years, he just actually physically changed, including getting taller. She would have had to change his armor at the same time, then. Nano machine, son. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, I mean, for the forerunners, it's not something that's like out of the realm of possibility. It's just that's what would have had to happen if he actually grew. But the biggest detail about that would be also like our player would need to be changing, changing his size if we really wanted that to be the canon thing that happened. And that doesn't. But then happen. he also would have been would have had to have been bigger in Halo Five, and you don't really see that. Exactly. So it's it's a it's a moot point, but it's still like, oh, what if? Yeah, it's probably just perspective. It's just an uh, on Flame, that point. I'm sad it's never come back up that he is technically ten thousand years in the future. Yeah. In terms of evolutionary stuff, like it just never comes back. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that I wish that 343 had brought up that they didn't. Yeah, they were just like, Halo 4, we're going to introduce all these really <laughs> cool things. In Halo 5, we're going to introduce one of the coolest modes ever, Breakout, and just never refine it or make it come back. Uh, we're they, actually going to make it they worse. They made it worse, <laughs> yeah. They completely changed what it was. I was so excited for that mode, and then they just ruined they, it. They added shields and like made it... like It was... It never. It only got worse from the beta. Yeah. Exactly. I I like break out. I re, I still remember the literal years where Halo TV on Instagram. I supported him on this one hundred percent. I I even joined him on it for like a year. Uh, every comment or every post that Halo made on Instagram, there would be a flood of comments headed by him that said "fix breakout." Yeah. Nowadays, it's just just dogging on Halo for the entirety of the comments section and the occasional uh, guy who's like, oh my gosh, that looks really cool. And it's like, all right. Fix Breakout. Fix Breakout. Fix breakout. Fix breakout. Oh, my meme. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> fix breakout, I didn't fix remember breakout. until right then. Uh, oh, well. It would be such an easy fix. Why don't you just fix it already? Fix Breakout. <laughs> fix Breakout. Fix Breakout. Fix Breakout. <laughs> oh, such a good meme. Oh, man. I got to go back and watch all of my old stuff. I've, I, I've probably forgotten all of my memes by now, and they're all going to be funny to me now. Make it another stream. That's do another could, stream where you go through all of them. I could do that. I could probably bring that back. Although most of my audience, quote unquote, they weren't really an audience. Let's let's be real. Anybody who subscribes to a meme page, <laughs> yeah. they're not an audience. They're there for five seconds, and then once you stop posting, they're going to move on to the next guy. <laughs> but, of course. You know, maybe they'll be interested. There were like the two loyal fans who showed up to your streams. <laughs> yeah. I liked those guys. They were cool. They've never made an appearance ever again, but they were really cool guys. Literally. Um, yeah. So, Prometheans, uh, back on to them because th that was a good transitioning point. Because there's there after what happens with getting left on Requiem, I mean that's just that was the end of that. They eventually get brought back to Didax control, and then we fight them. That's pff, there you go. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, once they were converted back to the Didax control, uh. Their control was shifted once again because Master Chief took out Didact. And then Cortana goes just a little loopy. And when she merges with the domain, which I just think confirms that there's always a possibility the domain has been in play this entire time. Because supposedly the domain had been destroyed or at least 
inaccessible this entire time. But the warden is there, and the warden is straight up like a being of the domain, kind of. Not like of the domain, but he watches over the domain. Um, not to the degree that Abaddon does, but he does. Uh, and then Cortana interfaced with the domain and then took it over. Like she has direct access to it. So it's clear that it was it was at least somewhat functional. It's not like her appearance fixed it or anything. So um she takes over the Prometheans. And that's when she starts utilizing their full might. So <clears throat> the knights get a little different, supposedly more towards what they were in the original conflicts. Um, and then the soldiers make an appearance and the forces all change and everything is different. Um, from there, that's kind of unfortunately the end of their whole thing because like the Prometheans... <sighs> They should have been in Halo Infinite. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so much. Like, it just skips. It's completely unresolved. There's so much time Which I and think, so many events that are just skipped. I mean, it goes into the root of 343's biggest problem, which is overcorrecting. They freak out and then just, just say, okay, so some people didn't like that, so we're going to scrap it completely and ignore it. To make y'all happy. You're all happy right now, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> right, guys? No. Cortana's gone. Like. <laughs> gone, gone. What? Like, actual, like, blew herself up. She is gone, gone. Which, yeah, we're not going to yeah. resolve this or, you know, you know, make it make more sense. You know, we're not going to fix it. We're just going to make, we're just going to end it. You're just gonna watch this happen. It's not. It's going to happen in a an environment where you weren't even there for it, so you're completely disconnected from the event happening. But you did walk into a room and watch a hologram of it happening, so you were there hologram. for it. Um, yeah. And we're gonna just kind of leave it at that. And uh, thank you for playing our game. <laughs> it was kind of funny though how frequently <laughs> Halo Infinite was just Master Chief stumbling upon things that have already happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how else? It, that's pretty much the only thing they could do if they're going to just skip so much. Then they have to fill in the gap somehow. Why not watch it while yeah. in game? Because, you know, we never had terminals. That's not something that yeah. Halo is really known for, to be honest. Insane. So that's fun. Uh, Prometheans, though, I mean, I think it would have made complete sense if they were actually on the ring like if if cortana had been there even just six months ago like they would have been there they there would have been yeah. forces left over the banished would have been fighting them more than likely because the banished were just as terrified of the created as humanity was that would have been cool it would have been cool there's a lot of things that would have been cool but that would have been the coolest probably watching territorial war wars between the human remnants of whatever battle fleet was there uh, the Banished, and the Prometheans. That would have been absolutely awesome. Right. It would have been like in Halo 4 whenever you get to a new area and the Covenant and the Forerunners are fighting, except in an open world thing. Sort yeah. of like how in Wildlands sometimes the um, the Unidad and the um, the Santa Blanca will just start fighting. Yeah, or or the or the rebels. Then you have these factions, and then the Prometheans could have their own facilities. That it's just the Prometheans. Yeah, it would have been but no. 
and you know, there's there's people that are like, oh, it's because of the layoffs, it's because of <laughs> the the funding, it's because of mismanagement, it's because of a lot of things. And you know, it ultimately comes down to no one cares any anymore about the franchise. And that's why I am very happy to have learned that very recently, like I think today, perhaps, this is recorded on June 29th, 2023. Um there were there were some nice things coming out, including Microsoft might have finally uh, stopped their uh, employment halt. So, uh, did you guys hear about that one? No. So, in attachment to what happened with Microsoft laying off ten thousand employees, including a hundred employees at three four three, they they had put a halt to all hiring. They weren't hiring anybody, which is abnormal because usually they're always looking for the latest great mind. Um, so they put all that on pause and that wasn't seen as a very good thing, considering that meant, you know, you're kind of just stuck with what you've got, especially with our situation with 343. Um, but needs have arisen because uh, some portions of Microsoft and portions of 343 have been getting uh, job app openings. So <clears throat> I'm assuming this is coming out of the fact that 343 currently has no leadership positions filled uh, aside from <laughs> the one that Pierre is holding and uh, the one lady that I don't remember the name of that is managing most of the eSports stuff. Uh, they're, they're there, but the rest of the team is not quite there yet so those positions are opening up right now they have uh i think it's lead game designer that is currently listed which is like it's not just designing the game but it's also designing the narrative uh how halo is going to move forward for the foreseeable future yeah so that position is open so right now uh most recently i know halo follower did a video about it and he gave his own uh theories as to how Microsoft fell into this corporate mess, and he even voiced his uh, his opinion that uh, Microsoft needs to drop off of this uh, Activision Blizzard acquisition and funnel some of that money back into the projects that they're currently doing because you know Redfall failed and Halo Infinite failed. So I didn't even they- though Redfall came out. Yeah, it, it came out and it was bugged. It was messy. It was not a good game. It it was not pretty. Not really anybody liked it. Uh, it was an unfortunate. And that was another situation. seventy dollar one, right? I don't know. I didn't look. I I didn't know it came out either. I only knew about it because uh, Critical did a, vo- a video about how terrible the game was. Yeah, I saw Critical's and Donkey's video on them. Yeah, not not great. Not a great situation for them right now. Uh, so ever at the moment, people are like, Starfield better be good, dude. Starfield better be amazing. <laughs> uh, which it looks like it is. I don't know if you guys actually watched the entire, uh, the entire video that they did, that little showcase that they did at the Xbox showcase. But I was in the theater for that one with FanFest. And I mean, the game, it was a 45 minute presentation. And both me and Cheyenne were, were catching ourselves being like, there's more because wow, they just a lot they, of they kept talking they just wouldn't stop 
That's a lot of stuff. Every five minutes, it was a new subject. It was like, okay, so here's how our open worlds look. We don't have an expansive universe like Star Citizen that has literal millions or No Man's Sky, which has literal billions or whatever. We have 1,000 and something planets, but all of them have have been handcrafted. They're not procedurally Mm. generated. And we're like, okay, uh, neat. That's pretty awesome. They're showcasing all these characters. They're showcasing all of the different weapons you get to use, all the different experiences you'll have in space. Uh, There's plenty of people that are upset about the concept of it being single player, but it's like if you don't want to play a single player space game, then No Man's Sky and Star Citizen, they exist for you. Just go play those. Um, Because Star Citizen... It's going to be single player and it's that expansive? Yeah. That's dangerous. Well, <laughs> that is dangerous for people's lives. That that's Bethesda. Bethesda has always been known for making very impressive single player experiences. Like Fallout seventy six was a bit of a fluke, but I mean, no matter how much people talk about Star, uh, not Star, uh, Skyrim being bugged and all of that and being poorly made. I mean, you're playing it right now. You yeah. can vouch for the fact that they it wasn't like they weren't putting passion into it. It was that there's already, so much stuff. I already almost have 200 hours in the game. I'm not even halfway through the main story. <laughs> like, And the reason that I say that's dangerous is because for me, if I'm playing a multiplayer game, like... I get to a certain point where like if I'm hungry or I'm tired or whatever that I'm I'm not playing very well and I'm like oh I'll get off or I'll take a break for a little while. If it's a single player game there's so much less pressure to perform a certain way or to do a certain thing. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's like that and it looks like it's going to be great. You can there are so many different ways to do things like conduct warfare to get into ship to ship combat like the way that it was formatted honestly in terms of what you could do with your ship and such uh if i could make a a, a attachment to it that game that you had shown me before the the whatever 3030 game oh yeah death war 3030 yeah not nearly i mean not anything like that of course but yeah, the concept of you have this ship that you can manage yourself. You can purchase ships, different ships from different locations for different amounts. You can capture ships. You can manage your crew on this ship. You can interact with your crew. You can take on bounty hunting missions or mining missions or anything like that. Exploration missions. You can do anything you really want. You, your career is your own. Whatever you want to do in this universe. But there is an overarching narrative that it, it, it is there if you really want to do it. But there's so much side content that you will probably be not touching the main content for a very long time in between sessions. Um, yeah. And the game itself looks awesome, but that's that's sort of the situation is if Star Citizen does not do well, if it flops, then Microsoft is, it, it, they're in deep. They will... You mean Starfield? Yes. They will not, <laughs> uh, they will not have a very good time. And so... People, people like Halo Follower with his take saying that, you know, stop with this acquisition of Blizzard because you need to funnel your money back into what is making you money in the first place because mm-hmm. uh, this acquisition is going to go for $80 billion. And that's not Ooh. exactly like pocket change. That is that it's like, oh, we're going to bet on, the, on a monopoly here, a near monopoly. If you I mean, let's be real. If you acquire Activision Blizzard, you've con, you're, you control a massive portion. Of Sony the will space. have nothing left except Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's insane even and and honestly i do think that sony is kind of losing the exclusive game only because like if we're really going to look at raw numbers which we shouldn't but if we were going to look at them there's 20 current games that xbox has that are completely exclusive and they are all different experiences but if you look at sony they first of all have fewer but also fewer experiences for the most part they're all three third person adventure games and yeah i mean that's great the games are awesome like i'm not gonna be like oh god of war is terrible or spider-man is awful no i'm getting that thing on pc i love them but (laughs) if you're gonna win the exclusives game you need to have exclusives that are unique and are well crafted but microsoft has failed twice in a row and that's not looking good for their for their uh goals here of being the superior uh exclusive console so uh, that's where this idea is coming from that you guys need to reprioritize because losing something as simple as prometheans in halo infinite like yeah maybe it's more uh, approachable for your new players but how many new players are you actually getting in halo infinite are there people that are looking at Halo and being like, oh, I need to get the latest Halo still like by this point? Why not cater to the veterans that are still playing it to this day who are playing Halo Reach on Exodus currently on legendary difficulty? That's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh like, why not do that? Because you have you can't just say, oh, we cater to, to every audience. It's like, that's cool. Not every audience wants you right now, though. You're not exactly right. an appealing... Pr- it's like, oh, I'll take anybody. My door is open. It's like, yeah, everyone wants your door to be locked at the moment, though. So <laughs> it's like, come on. You can't just keep on being like, oh, we, we're open to every audience, to every person. Like, we are here for everybody to enjoy. It's like, sure, you very well could be. But it doesn't matter if your core audience is being completely ignored. And more importantly, you're not trying to make some sort of bridge that makes it so that if these people, like if these new players wanted to go back and see what Halo was like, and more than likely they're going to fall in love with it, they're going to end up asking the same questions that we're asking. Like, why aren't the Prometheans there? Why is Cortana not present and is relegated to just cutscenes? Why is Atriox just in the first cutscene? Who is Eshiram? Why does Eshiram not have a backstory? Who are the Endless and why have they never been mentioned before? Why is Chief not doing more Spartan things? Why is the war so small scale when the Banished have full control over this ring? Where's all of their forces and their infrastructure and their machines and what they're really known for? Where's the Spirit of Fire? Would they not have noticed that a separate fleet separated from the Ark and gone a different route? Would There's so many questions of things just being left behind and there's too much by this point and it has to be addressed or else things are going to end up getting forgotten and if you do that, then your narrative is just going to fall apart because now people are going to start asking too many questions and things are going to get real confusing real fast. But that's going to be a, a conversation for the after show, which we have to go into because we're running mm-hmm. out of time. Uh, I'm probably going to end up talking more about Starfield just because it's I mean, that game looks like it's going to be great. So I, I kind of want to just talk about it. But uh, yeah, Prometheans. I miss him. I need him to come back. Uh, 
they were pretty cool. R last thing, would you guys specifically want the soldiers to come back? Did you mind them? I didn't mind them. They were cool. Uh, I'd say... Their quips I mean, are really the... annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Is this humanity's just teleporting. Best? Yeah. Um, but they were fine. I'd... I liked the way that the Prometheans were in Halo 5, just the way that fighting them felt, specifically when holding a light rifle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, felt... Like, the light rifle in Halo 5 felt really, really nice to use. Yeah. Um... And then it just, it feels satisfying to destroy Prometheans with a light rifle. Uh, especially the knights, like you destroy the things on the sides and then you get the headshot whenever they scream at you. Oh yeah. Um, but soldiers specifically, they were, they're fine, but slightly generic feeling comparatively. That makes sense, yeah. Um, but for the sake of what we've already seen and from Prometheans like yeah I'd, I'd say it makes sense to have them come back as long as it's with the rest of the Prometheans as well yeah I just I want some form you know yeah well we're gonna be ending in on that note dear listener if you want to join us in the after show whoever you are whoever you are Jimmy <laughs> wherever you are I will find you it's Juan but I if you find you but if you want to find Juan. us instead you can find us on patreon.com forward slash jumperscape. That's where we're going to be doing our after show where we'll be talking more about all the other things that have sort of the connective tissue of our ideas here. If you want to join the conversation over in our Discord, though, you can head to discord.gg forward slash jumperscape. Got lots of conversations happening there all the time in relation to Halo lore and more recently looking for games to play. So feel free to come on down and join the, the small community that's slowly building up and playing Halo all the time. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week with the, um, uh, uh, I was prepared for this, t uh, 100%, uh, uh, Definitely. the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, um, prophets. We're going to talk about go. the prophets next week. Yay. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next <laughs> week. The library was produced and published by Jumperscape Audio. Funding was provided by our fantastic patrons on Patreon. Big thanks to Dark Salad 42 and Connor Clark. If you enjoy the show and wish to support Jumperscape's future projects or get some sweet benefits, join our Patreon at patreon.com jumperscape or become part of this truly special community at discord.gg jumperscape. Thank you for your listenership, and we hope you enjoyed.